This is Real Talk, the Customer Insights Show with Jen Vogel, a top-rated live stream and podcast in the market research and insights industry. We stream live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can listen on all major podcast channels. Join Jen and her guests for a weekly discussion around topics that will help you understand your customers better. Real Talk is presented to you by Vox Popme, the leader in video research and ranked number one in qualitative research by GRIT two years running. Here's today's conversation. Hello, insights professionals, marketers, and everyone who wants to understand their customers better. I'm Jen Vogel, and today is a really exciting day. Um, before we get into the episode, um, this week's Real Talk, I'm excited to be able to announce the winners of the Vitties, our Vox Pop Me's Customer Excellence Awards live. So let's roll to the winners. These awards are for the people and companies that are crushing it with video surveys to understand their customers better. After many nominations and a hotly contested peer vote, I'm delighted to introduce our category winners. So here it goes. The winner of the Vox Pop Me People's Choice Award is Jimmy Pillows of Travelers. The winner of the Video Customer Closeness Award is Sibuleli Majal from Premier Foods. The winner of the Video Customer Experience Award is Ryan Denny from Bupa Global. The winner of the Video Creative and Ad Testing Award is Thomas Ware from Liberty Mutual. The winner of the Video Product Innovation Testing Award is Denise Allen from Haynes Brands. The winner of Vox Pop Me's Lifetime Video Achievement Award is Jessica Southard from Mars. And lastly, the winner of Vox Pop Me's Video Hero Award is Tammy McGill from Incom Payments. I want to say a huge congratulations to all of our winners and finalists. We'll be inviting each of you to join us on Real Talk, so stay tuned for some special guests soon. So exciting. We have, there were so many amazing nominations. The finalists were incredible. The peer vote was very, very close. So really thrilled to announce those winners today. Again, congrats to everyone who was nominated. And now I think it's time to get to today's episode. So on to Real Talk. Today, I want to talk about how we can and must build relationships internally as well as externally to truly understand our customers. To dive into that topic, I'm joined by Zoe Dowling, Principal Research Manager at Microsoft. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. We are going to have such a fun chat today. Uh, before we get into the topic, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the insights industry? Ah, I, I wish I had a better story because it seems like everybody or, or many people, it's something that you just kind of um, fell into, or I certainly fell into it. I had moved to the US whilst completing my doctoral studies. And, and once I'd done that, I was like, well, there must be places where I can use my research research skills and um, looked around. And, and after a, a short search, I uh, started at Cantor, Cantor Added Value. Um, and that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. I think everybody in the insights industry has an interesting uh, story because it's never the same. Everybody kind of gets here from a different path. It doesn't seem yeah. like it's a, you know, 
just one lane to get into insights. There's so many marketing majors and psychology majors and finance and banking majors who somehow end up here. And I think that makes for a really interesting uh, industry with people from a lot of diverse backgrounds. Uh, absolutely, actually. And so, so my background is sociology. Um, and so really, uh, and hence my, my love of people and understanding people. And, and I agree, though, I do think that the, the different lenses, as well as many people, not many people, let me rephrase that, not many people say, oh, I started out wanting to be in the insights industry. Uh, rather, it's they came from different disciplines. And I, I think this richness of, of disciplines that we have in background really helps uh, elevate the, the industry overall, as well as uh, uh, the different individual companies and roles. So I, I agree with you. I, I think it's wonderful to hear where, where people have come from. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the most fun parts of the show, actually. At the beginning, I always love to hear kind of how people got here. Um, and so now let's talk about relationships, the topic of today's show. Um, let's start with like what relationships currently exist. Sure. Do you know, um, I, I was thinking about this and and it is a little bit like uh, when we think about our customers and we try to think about our customers in, in certain ways and really we should be thinking about them as people. We're all people. And everything that we do when we connect with, with uh, individuals, we're building relationships. And so when I think about the relationships that that within uh, the world that I'm in with Microsoft now and what does that look like, there's all sorts. There's obviously my immediate team. Then there's the broader team and division that I'm in uh, and all the, the different relationships that go there. Then there's the relationships naturally with the stakeholders. So I'm in Azure Engineering and we deliver research, uh, a product um, and, and perception research uh, from our customers uh, to product managers, to engineers. And so there are stakeholders. And so there's all the relationships, the normal kind of relationship, well, normal that you think about. Then there's also relationships with other research groups, not, not within my division, uh, but within cloud and AI overall. Then there's the relationships that go with the, you know, when I look at research and insights and, and the people there uh, and the sales organize, organization. So that's just internal. We've got all these different groups and all these different areas that we should be, uh, can and should be having relationships with. And then we have external relationships. So relationships with our with our partners who I think we'll talk about this in a bit, but it's so crucial that we have these partners uh, that you know, different agencies, the research partners or technology partners. Um, so there's all the relationships with, with those. And then lastly, and just not least, there is that kind of relationship with our customer because we're speaking to them. So it's everywhere we look, it's, it's an intrinsic part of what we do. Uh, and we, we, it's really worthwhile, I think, in order to stop for a minute and just think about how relationships all make this work and, and help us get to a better understanding of our customers. Yeah. And I think one thing that I think is really interesting about the role you're in now is being in an insights function that sits under an engineering team. Um, I think that's another thing that's quite unique about the insights industry is that there are insights functions, I mean, even within your business that sit underneath different departments, marketing, product, engineering, and so on, brand, and then across different organizations, people might place insights in a particular department or another. I mean, what are some of the major differences of, uh, you know, your role as an insights person where you're 
stakeholders or agile engineering versus one where it might be marketing or brand? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And I could answer almost two ways. And one, I could, on the one hand, I can say there's actually no real difference because at some point we all want to understand our customers and we're understanding different parts of the journey. Um, so if you're thinking about, let me just start with, say, brand and marketing type research. We're understanding them potentially at that broader level when they're starting to engage with us. What kind of awareness do they have? How do they going along that, that purchase journey, if you like? I'm speaking to them or I'm focusing in on much more uh, later stage. You know, they're already our customers. They're already uh, in, embedded in the, the uh, and have a relationship with the company. Um, and so how do we understand what their needs are? How do we how do we continue to to delight? I mean, that that's what we are looking to do uh, with our with our products. We want to delight our customers um, and using data at every single step of the way to do that. So I, I do think in some ways, um, look, there's natural differences because it's just a different focus. It can get more granular because you're speaking about not just the brand overall, but you're speaking about what individual product or service is a customer using. But hey, we're, we're, we're individuals. We don't think differently when, oh, I'm interacting with somebody's marketing material now. And so I'm going to put that lens on. I'm, I'm interacting with the product. So I'm thinking of it in that way. It's all entirely interconnected. Uh, which kind of goes to a passion point of mine, which is holistic insights, thinking about uh, the, 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 the user, the customer, the person in, in how they interact with us and, and thinking about that not in, in sort of individual silos. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. And so, you know, how do you ensure that you've got not just a relationship with anyone else who's conducting or you know, has a stake in insights, but actually create a partnership with those other divisions and the people that you're working, collaborating with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I you know, this has been one of my, uh, it's always been a passion point. It's a passion point that I'm, I'm really trying to bring here to, to Microsoft to get to know the other divisions, to get to know the other research groups, to understand what they know about our customers. I mean, they are looking at it from a different lens, but that, well, it's not a bat. And that lens is, is super helpful to be thinking about what do you know? And, and how can we use and reuse some of that, that information and insights? How can we take an iterative approach, something else that I'm very passionate about? We shouldn't be going out reinventing the wheel and asking the same questions as other divisions are asking. We should be taking that knowledge and drawing upon it and building upon it. Uh, that is Good practice. It means we're not going out and speaking to our customers over and over again, asking the same questions. And it's also just helping move the, the knowledge further, you know, taking that step further each time. So, um, yeah, I, I do think having those relationships uh, with different divisions will help us ultimately understand our customers better and, and, and um, understand it from, from the different perspectives. Yeah, I love that question. That, like, what do you know? Just asking other people internally, what do you know? Is it the same as what we know? Do you know something I don't know? I mean, guaranteed, anybody, everybody knows something somebody else doesn't know, right? Yeah. And just asking that question, having that dialogue open could really, you know, open some doors and spark some ideas of, you know, maybe that next research study that you need to run, taking some of that knowledge and using it to uh, determine what what new questions need to be asked or what gaps need to be filled and like you said, I mean, we talk a lot about, um, you know, the the customer experience through research um, and making sure that 
customers are having a good experience and we're not asking them the same questions all the time and are really being considerate of what we already know about them. And that's, you know, a great opportunity, but I, I imagine in a in a big organization like Microsoft, it's a challenge to for, to get that data um, across to different teams. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And what sprung into mind when you were saying that was, uh, here's another thing, a favorite thing that I like to ponder on. How do we know we're asking the right questions? Because mm -hmm. asking the right questions is almost a million dollar question. Because if you, you can ask a whole lot of things and um, if you don't ask, I, I'm going to give an example on this. Actually, a few years ago, one of our industry colleagues, Molly Telford, um, she posted on Twitter and it was basically she'd been asking her son as she was preparing her, his lunchbox for the day, you know, shall I put a banana in? And it was like, yes. And it's like something along the lines of wine fulfills the, the fruit quotient, et cetera, et cetera. And it got down to, well, will you eat it? And then it was no. And it's one of those things we have this all the time as, as, as researchers, as well, not just researchers, as organizations trying to understand our, our customers. Are we asking that right question? Are we thinking about it in, in, um, the, uh, in a way that is useful? And again, I think speaking to people from different lenses, different bit in the case that I'm thinking about in different organizations um, helps probe along, you know, should I be thinking about this in a different way? Are there different questions that I should be asking that's really going to help us get to that point of really understanding our customers? Yeah, that's an important one. <laughs> are you actually going to eat it or are you actually going to buy it? You know, we can say, do you prefer the banana with the sticker or without? But if the answer is no to eating it either way, then that that preference actually isn't that relevant. Yeah. <laughs> but that can definitely be a critical show, showstopper in that, well, it sounds like they're going to, yes, they will use this product. And then just for example, and then you find, but we didn't ask about X, Y, Z scenario. Yeah, right. then, then there's a problem. But hey, I, I think it's not to be not. Getting to that point of asking the right question is challenging. If we were a, all able to do this all of the time, you know, I think there'd be uh, less of us in a room. We would all have... Um, wonderfully, wonderfully successful businesses. This is just part of the challenge and, and it's also a very fun part of it, but it's incredible one to 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 always have in mind. Are we asking the right questions? And that goes for asking of our of our of our um, customers as much as for me as it's asking of, for example, stakeholders. Again, going back to the relationships and understand what did they need? Like what what is keeping them awake at night? You know, we're thinking that, or what is their burning thing that they're seeing or they're working on, or you know, sort of asking the questions to really so that you're collecting data that is going to be relevant to them, that's going to provide them with insights, the insights that can move the needle. Um, so again, always asking the questions doesn't just come directly in our in our research, but it comes with with all of these different relationships that we have. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying about you know, earlier on about the different backgrounds that people come from to get to insights, like if everybody's sort of thinking about it from their own experience and their own angles, then there's, it, it's a better chance that collaboration gives you a better chance of, you know, filling that gap with that question that like, I as a certain personality or with certain experiences and thinking this way, combine that with someone who thinks a little bit differently, and you can get a more of a holistic uh, view on, on, the, what you're trying to understand from the customer. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, down to uh, we're all one team. We're all yeah. wanting the same thing.
um, yeah. unless you're approaching it from different ways. Absolutely. And what in a perfect world, what does an ideal partnership look like? That, that's 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 a good one. I think at the the end of the day is to do you know what actually springs to mind first of all is that when we we want a partnership and again we, we've spoken quite a lot about and thinking a lot about internal relationships and and the reason that's actually very top of mind to me I'm relatively new I'm seven months into my Microsoft journey and it's it's a, a fairly substantial company inside so there's there's a lot of people to meet there's a lot of relationships to to be forged and and so my, my thoughts are uh, a lot of the way there but there's also our our external partners and, and that's incredibly important and this applies across the board but i'd say it's, it's building an empathy it's building an understanding of where each prospective person or par, um, partner or, uh, or group is coming from and recognizing the um, the the challenges that we all go through, both professionally and personally, and using that to come to a sort of a shared understanding and a shared um, willingness, and you know that really not just leading with trust, but but building that relationship so that it is a very strong trust foundation. Um, so that you can have open and honest con conversations, that you can brainstorm things, that you don't need to feel, hey, I'm not sure if I should be asking this because, I don't know, uh, it might come across as a silly question or, or um, this might come across as, as defensive. I, I'm just kind of throwing it out there that I do think it's as we build these human to human connections as part of our relationships. It, that that helps then build what I'm going to say an ideal partnership is, because that is it will be coming to the table saying we are working towards the same objective, which is the success of XYZ. Actually, to delight, let's talk it, to delight our customers. That's what we're all working for. And then there's so many different areas and facets to the research process that we need people to come in from different lenses and different expertise. I've talked about lenses a lot, but expertise um, to say, hey, in my expertise, I'm thinking XYZ or this, I'm raising the flag that this might not be a great way of doing something and so having that kind of back and forth and having that that openness and having that trust that we're all kind of looking for the same great outcome that for me makes a great partnership that for me makes a, a great way of of ultimately you know getting to understand our customers better having high quality data uh, all of these elements are so important and for partnerships we just need everybody to, to lean in and bring their expertise to the table and do so in a very open, honest and positive way. Mm. I think it's really telling that the answer to that question is not like have a certain amount of one to ones with these people or meet in this way or, you know, it's not this sort of like tangible black and white. It's empathy and trust and relationship building. I can remember I read an article a couple of years back about, you know, a very hot topic in marketing is uh, sales and marketing alignment, right? And there was an article that said the most important thing that a marketer needs to know about their sales leader is how they take their coffee. And uh, it was kind of saying that same thing, like it's not about the the work or the specific to do's or the processes, like that's all important. But if you get to know and have empathy for the person, what keeps them up at night, you know, have that that relationship building side of it, then all the other stuff comes. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Because if everything's just, I'm going to say a transactional, like, you know, hey, we need to, and let, let's like talk an example that I think people will readily understand when you're in field and you're at that point and you're looking at your sample quotas uh, and, and you're thinking, where are we and what are we doing and are we hitting our targets and are we going to close on time and are we going to do this, that, the next thing? These kind of conversations can consistently become very, very transactional, can become pretty much, are we hitting it? Where's our problems? And it, it just becomes, um, uh, it could become a little bit soulless um, in a way because you're, you're being very rightly orientated on that kind of end goal. What you need is the relationship and and the good things built up around there because inevitably, I mean, you know, if you've got a smooth fielding um, all of the time, then then hey, can I learn something from you? Because I would like to know that that just doesn't happen. So you need that relationship and you need that that um, I'm going to say empathy to be able to have sometimes what's tougher conversations. What's going on here? How can we solve this? And then hearing people, you know, with the freedom and openness to bring their expertise. And so I do think that it, it isn't just about that transactional. It is definitely about um, coming together. It's, it's interpersonal relationships. And it's the same as, as um, whether we're working together uh, professionally or we're out and about in the community. You want to interact with people human to human. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to something you mentioned earlier is, you know, you've got the the internal and external partnerships. Like, is there a difference between how you approach the external partnerships and the internal? Um, that's a great question. I think there's a difference in um, how you're potentially you're interacting because, well, uh, let me take a step back. I can see a difference right now because I'm trying to learn about the organization. I'm trying to learn about um, what different groups are doing. And so for me, it's at the moment, that is much more about uh, an information exchange. Right now, what I'm doing with my partners uh, is that I really rely on them. And we do as a team. It's not just me, but we rely on them for, for what they bring to the table, for their expertise. And I've said that a lot, and I just can't say how, how important that is. So one might think, uh, you know, a company the size of Microsoft, you know, we'd have a research team in the program we've got, you know, that there's, you know, going to be, uh, we're falling, tripping over each other in terms of, um, uh, the resources that we have, the, the, the people we have. We don't, that's what we're relying on our partners for. And so we, we, we just need, they're as integral to the success, to this program uh, and the research and insights that we uh, deliver as much as we are internally. And so um, I'm really looking to them to bring their perspectives, to bring their smarts, as I've already said, to bring their expertise and to really help, it's a shared success. Um, so I, I definitely am looking at that um, from from our partners. And I say, you know, I think the in, internal relationships are going to evolve just just over time. And as as it's more established around building those relationships and um, understanding what different groups do and, and how we come together to again think about things more holistically. I think it's really interesting that insights just appears to be sort of infinite, like whether I'm talking to someone who's like a solo one one man band or someone from a huge organization with a ton of researchers and a ton of people, there's still the need for external resources or partners or, you know, there's still that feeling of like, there's way more demand 
for the insights that we need than we have resources for, whether that's time or, you know, whatever. Like, it just seems like insights are is this just infinite <laughs> space that you can always get more. There's always more questions that need to be answered. Definitely more, more questions to be answered to continue, you know, the world evolves. Products evolve, services evolves, um, needs evolves. Um, you know, we're going through a time, hopefully coming out the other side of the pandemic, and and that pandemic has brought so much change, uh, not least the digital transformation that has been. If I'm thinking of of um, the the customers, the the cloud users um, that that I'm trying to understand, and so there's always more questions um, to, to to build upon the insights and knowledge that we have. The one thing I would say about about you know sort of the need for for external partnerships is that we can't all have you know um, be experts in everything like that there's there's just I mean might be you know really solid grounding but let's just take sample like I would really want to speak to you know I've got a reasonably good understanding of sampling but not the same as somebody that's living and breathing that every single day. It's the same for other elements. Um, when you're, I don't know, why might I go to um, uh, a data analytics person? Or my, why might I want to speak to, to somebody that does a different type of research? Why might I want to speak to a cultural anthropologist? Or why might I want to speak to, you get the idea, di different groups of people. People bring different expertise. And whilst you can be fairly well-rounded, I absolutely believe that you can always learn something there's always the need to 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 really dive and when you've got particularly when you've got very meaty questions um uh, that, that to be answered that going to that expertise and leveraging that expertise is is essential and really helps with the outputs that you get yeah and there's no shortage of expertise in our industry i mean i've talked to some really really smart people <laughs> i think we're lucky in that way sometimes the industry feels small but it's really vast in terms of, you know, the the different, like you said, ex expertise that people have. So, you know, partnerships matter in a consumer-centric culture. Let's check in quickly with Box Pop Me's VP of Research, Brian Monsheen, to see what he has to say about creating the right culture in today's Bright Ideas segment. Hey everybody. So today I wanted to share a few tips on what you can do to help create a more consumer centric culture in your company, particularly if you're in a consumer insights function. So listen, I believe more and more companies are doing a much better job at putting consumer first these days. Um, and I think part of that is driven by the advanced tools available to get ongoing feedback. But I, I think there's also some things that you can do as a team to help instill a culture focused around your brand users. Um, first and foremost, you have to be obsessed with getting consumer feedback. So before you start making changes as a brand to a product or an experience you offer, make sure you already have a really good understanding of who your consumer is and what their current needs are. You're gonna to wanna to have a good suite of, of research and insights tools at your fingertips to really get to know them better. So it could be things like segmentation, persona mapping, um, day in the life exercises, ethnography, video diaries, or even NPS, whatever it takes to truly understand what makes them tick and why they use your brand. Um, I also think this is a really good exercise to do with some of those tools and look at your competitors' brand users. 
because then you can compare the differences and drivers and barriers of usage to your own brand. It's also important to share the findings regularly. So while you may be working on a project for one person or a team, chances are that learning could be really helpful for other groups in your company. So whether it's the marketing team, sales, R&D, the executive team, don't be shy about getting the word out. Um, you can use things like company-wide town hall meetings, uh, leadership check-ins, or even create your own weekly newsletter to share regular updates. And it's not just about sharing insights outward, it's also about um, being able to use this consumer-centric mentality even when you're developing research projects. So what do I mean by that? Uh, every time that I review a questionnaire or a moderator guide, I always try to take off my marketing hat and put on my consumer hat and really think about how I'd react if I was taking that survey or sitting in that focus group. So as an employee of the brand, if I struggled in the least bit with question wording or flow, then your average consumer is definitely gonna have trouble and that's just gonna lead to poor data. So next time you have to review that questionnaire, try throwing that consumer hat on and I bet you're gonna end up with a shorter, more focused survey. Okay, switching gears. In my last segment, I talked about some personal life hacks that I like and I gotta tell you, the positive responses I got were overwhelming. Uh, okay, maybe not overwhelming, but a couple people told me that they liked it. So I have a new one for you today. When you're ironing a shirt, flip the shirt inside out to easily iron over the areas that have buttons. I know. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> I love those segments. He's got some great life hacks, but... But really, I mean, what he's talking about today is very uh, in line with what you're talking about, about holistic insights, right? And making sure that you're, um, I love that tip about um, don't be shy to get the word out about what you're finding um, in different ways. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I'm just going to say all of those tips were good and, and I might try that ironing one as well. Just I know. <laughs> you know what? Also, sometimes, especially in like hotel, like with hotel irons there's like a little something on there and you get it puts a stain on your clothes that inside out trick will work for that too so good yeah, good life it. hack thanks brian <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah getting back to the topic why do you think some people struggle to create those partnerships that are so essential yeah i think that's a that that is a good question and i think um there's probably a lot of different reasons for that one, as I was kind of mulling this a little bit, I was thinking one of the things that we're all short on is time and relationships uh, and therefore the creation of partnerships takes time. Uh, it takes energy. It takes effort. And so things can be, you know, when we've all got very full calendars, uh, when you also know, like I'm somebody who I, I'm a little bit loath to put me meetings on people's calendars because I I uh, know how busy they already are. And so you kind of think, is this, maybe as a subconscious, is this time worth spent? Or I don't really have the time, I'm gonna put something off. You know, I've got so many pressing things going on now. Um, no, I think there's no blame or shame here. I do think it's just one of the barriers that we have in, in, in cultivating uh, relationships and therefore really build, building strong partnerships is because it does take a time investment um, and we just naturally sometimes prioritize, I'm going to say, the immediate day job at hand 
So it takes a little bit, uh, I think, of a concerted effort to realize and not feel like I'm not attending to the, the business at hand because you're going to need those relationships and partnerships in the long run. And that is going to make everything, uh, well, I'm just going to say better, but it's going to enhance the, the quality of the outputs, the quality of the insights that we're we're gaining from our from our um, customers. That is so true, and I think e- even more so now, where so many of us are in a remote and distributed environment, or even if we are in the office and we're working with teams globally in other regions, you know, it's different to build a relationship when you're walking up the stairs to the office in the morning side by side with someone or, you know, walking out to your car in the parking lot or having lunch together when you're virtual and all of our meetings, our calendars are packed. Like you said, we're all short on time. There's so much stuff to do to actually dedicate time (laughs) to build relationships is even harder, um, but so important. And I think like, yeah, being really, um, being really thoughtful about how we're spending our time each week, what like carving out alone time, carving out relationship building time is just as important as the meetings that are on the calendar, which is something that's taking me a long time to learn how to do properly. But, but it's just, yeah, it's, I think even harder now than it ever has been. Absolutely. Cause it, it does need to be something that's very, um, like you said, thoughtful. Um, it's got to be, and, and, you know, when we had those kind of organic, we talked about the water cooler conversations and, and just, oh, I'm having my lunch now. Do you want to join me in those types of things? We have to be, it takes away the spontaneity from it. It takes away serendipity actually in, in having conversations. And yet those, um, I actually did a, a, a call with somebody the other day and we said, you know, sometimes these, these coffee calls, you know, where, where. The agenda is not necessarily set. Uh, you, you don't have a specific thing to talk about, but actually when you just hear about what they're working on, what's on their mind, or um, in my case, I might be asking, hey, can you tell me a little bit about how this organization structured or or this as I'm still in this this large learning journey, invaluable. Like, and, and it does so much as well to, to boost your spirits and morales because you're, you're creating a connection with somebody. And again, I'm kind of going back to that Sometimes meetings can feel very transactional. And I'm a big one for this because I'm like, yeah, we got to get on with it. Like, I want to be sensitive to your time. I've got things that I need to do. And so you can say, this is what I want to cover. And that's great. That's a great way to run to run a meeting. I do believe it. Let's let's have meetings at the appropriate length that they need to be have. And let's also take the time uh, where it makes sense to have that coffee conversation, even if it does feel a little bit weird. Or another thing that can feel a little bit weird is just reaching out to somebody to say uh, that you haven't met before, that you haven't had any interaction, say, came across you for whatever X, Y, Z reason. Just want to put some 25 minutes on the calendar for a chat and then say, I have no agenda. My agenda is to get to know you. And uh, for some people that can feel maybe a a little bit uncomfortable, but I found that just Kind of putting that out uh, out there to say that this is what I would like to talk about is to get to know you, get to know what you're doing, to see if we can find any synergies, if you like, or any overlaps, or what can I learn from you? Because we can all learn from each other um, and just build those relationships that way. So yes, I think with distributed working, uh, we are having to to make that effort to take that time and see it as a very, very valuable, necessary part of our our weekly activities. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think what you've said about, you know, like what I'm hearing is those are two separate meetings, right? Like the agenda where you're like, you know, this is 20 minutes, we're getting this done. These are the four things we're going to achieve. Like, that's not the place to say, hey, what's going on in your life before you get it, you know, like at the start of a meeting, like, oh, how did everybody have a good weekend? Okay, let's move on. Like, that's not where you're going to build the relationship. That's a separate conversation. That's, that is the agenda and, and setting that up ahead of time. I think is so important too. Like, I just want to chat. I just want to learn from you and get to know you better. Um, and I, I love those meetings on our team when we have them and um, it's a lot of fun and, and it actually makes it easier to collaborate. You know, when you, when you have built that relationship with somebody, it's easy to ask them for help on something that's work related. Cause you're, you've already created a bit of ease um, on a personal level. So Absolutely. I think it's building that that empathy. It's building that connection. It makes it easier to be vulnerable. Um, I do think I'm, I'm somebody that does believe um, being vulnerable can get us a long way because you, you, you create a shared understanding. And um, all of these things are essential to really building strong partnerships, to, to coming together and creating powerful outputs. And I will say, just to kind of round it all back, when we're thinking about this in a in a research world, having those different inputs and having those different uh, conversations, and again, from from whatever whether it's learning about our stakeholders in different ways, whether it's learning about different teams and and what they're doing and and how they're thinking, whether it's learning and working with our external partners, and um, all of those uh, conversations help ultimately feed into better data quality, which is another thing that we want. We want to understand our customers. We want to understand our customers. We've got to have good data quality. So it's, it's as we said, all times, well, very well spent. Absolutely. Thanks for tying that back. I mean, this is all going to help better understand customers. And like you said, the quality is really key there too. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm passionate about all of these areas and, and just love having a having a chat. And it's been wonderful speaking with you. Yeah, it sounds like you've invited all of our audience for a coffee chat. So reach out yes, to please. either one of us. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. And congratulations again to our Vidis winners. We'll be back again soon with another episode. See you then.